This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 727, Comic Reviews of the Week of Wednesday, November the 13th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 727. It's my comic reviews episode for the week of Wednesday, uh, November the 13th. This is coming out pretty late. I think it's the 24th now. Um, big reason for that, though, is that I was away on vacation. Uh, I actually went away on the 13th in the morning. I uh, went to the Dominican Republic. I went to Punta Cana. Had a great time. Came back on the, I guess, the 20th and just haven't had time to sit down and actually record something talking about releases from that week. Um, but I did get a chance to read a bunch of books. Uh, in fact, I think I read eight, um, which is pretty high for me. Uh, so I'll take a quick look at some of the books that came out on the 13th. Uh, they include Age of Conan Valeria, Agents of Atlas, Batman and the Outsiders, Black Cat Annual, Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda, Catwoman, Detective Comics, Future Foundation, Guardians of the Galaxy, Hawkman, History of the Marvel Universe, Justice League Odyssey, Morbius, Punisher Soviet, Star Wars, The Batman's Grave, The Flash, The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Wonder Woman, uh, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, Star Wars, Jedi, Fallen Order, Dark Temple, and Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Blackest Night. Uh, There's going to be some weird sounds in the background here as I'm actually uh, recording kind of on location waiting for my son as he's in a swim class. So I'm sitting in... um, in a, uh, I guess a boys' change room, and sometimes there'll be come people coming in and out. So I'm hoping that uh, for the most part is able to record just fine. Definitely the weirdest location that I have recorded a podcast. Uh, I've recorded at work. I've recorded you know anywhere, various different places in my home residence and at other people's places. I've recorded at cottages. I've recorded uh, on vacation. I've recorded on the road. But I've never recorded from a boys' change room outside a pool. So that's definitely something new. Um, so let's jump right in. I have a lot of books to talk about, not a lot of time to talk in in it, so it's going to be pretty abbreviated, but uh, let's jump jump through. I think, as I said, we have about eight books to talk about. Uh, first up, we have Event Leviathan, number six. This is Brian, Brian Michael Bendis, artwork by Alex Malev. I did not care for this. I found this kind of boring. Um, I, just, I found, as an event, it was kind of terrible. I don't even know what the story was. Like, the story didn't even feel that interesting or engaging. If, I mean, I, I almost couldn't even tell you what the story was. Like, the initial idea of, you know, Leviathan taking out all these um, spy organizations is interesting, but then it's kind of the outgrowth of that to try and figure out what Leviathan is. But even that just felt kind of boring, and there was a lot of talking, but it's not good, and... I just I I just found myself so bored, and it kind of felt like it exposed some of the worst aspects of Brian Michael Bendis's writing to me. It's overly talky, um, you know, a lot of build up, not really great payoff, not good sticking the landing. Um, he's written some great comics over the years, and I'm actually enjoying his Superman books right now. Um, well, we'll see how I feel about the truth. Um, but so far, I just found this to be a giant letdown. Uh, even the art felt. Like Alex Love was maybe not the right choice for this. It felt too static. Um, it didn't really feel organic. It didn't feel like there was good storytelling, really. Um, and sometimes they're really good together. Sometimes they're not. And I felt like this is one of the times when they were not. Uh, I'm going to give it a five. Um, I did not really care for this. Uh, next up, we have Fallen Angels number one. This is an interesting book. Um, so I was excited to read this, but not sure what it, what it was going to be. Just kind of using old titles that are maybe don't necessarily have a lot of connection to uh, the content. Uh, this issue is written by Brian Hill, artwork by Simon Kudronsky, color art by Frank Damata, uh, letters by jo- Virtual Calligraphy's Joe Sabino, and uh, Tom Muller on design, with Ashley Witter doing the cover art. Um, so this is all about, I guess, the Quanon character, uh, who's taking on the name Psylocke. 
and her having visions and deciding to leave Kokoa to pursue the visions. Uh, so she has to get leave from Magneto as Kokoa is in lockdown as a result of X-Force number one. Uh, she ends up bringing um, X-23 with her. Uh, I, I don't know what this book is going to be. Thus far, it's definitely interesting. I think the artwork is fantastic. Not so sure about the story yet. Um, but uh, it's intriguing, definitely. And it's dark. Uh, it's kind of exciting, the idea of you know, uh, caterpillar, caterpillars and butterflies, and I, I'm intrigued. Um, I won't. It wasn't. I don't think it was as as strong a launch as maybe X Force, but it did give me a good sense of what maybe this title wants to be and who it's going to be using to do that. Uh, I give it a seven and a half out of ten. Uh, next up, we have Invaders number eleven, which I liked. I'm not sh- like I'm not even sure about this book sometimes, but overall, I think I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, the artwork is fantastic. I, I think that's an easy one there. Um, you know, we have uh, Chip Zdarsky writing it, art by Carlos Magno and Butch Geis with Alex Guimarães on color art with Travis Lanham on, uh, sorry, virtual calligraphy Travis Lanham on letters. The covers by Butch Geis and Romaldo Fajardo Jr. And Carlos Leo is, doing, is the graphics designer here. Um, I thought this was pretty interesting. You have... Um, kind of a human Namor and Steve Rogers stuck on this island trying to figure out how to escape. Um, I'm still not a huge fan of this weird redesign of Namor, but that's its own thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's a pretty interesting issue about the relationship between Steve and Namor, uh, both in the past and in the present. Um, and then at the, you know, at the end, the invaders are getting back together to go save the world. Definitely intriguing. Is it the best issue? No, but I think it was pretty solid. I'm going to give it a seven. Uh, next up on the uh, let's see we got Runaways 27 uh, Runaways is such a I, I'm almost surprised that it's been going on this long and it exists but it's so delightful it's written by Rainbow Rowell um, penciled by Chris Anka inked by Chris Anka and Walden Wong with color art by D. Kniff and Jim Campbell um, you know it's definitely silly and light but also really interesting and fun and uh, interesting concept of you know you have uh, this this superhero teaming up with the Runaways and kind of getting them ready to as the J team and getting them all dressed up in costumes, etc. I think it was a great installment. It continues to be an enjoyable book. Um, I love the uh, the Anka artwork. I think it's really charming. I'm going to give this an eight. Uh, I thought it was just a, another solid installment. Uh, next up, we have it's Savage Sword of Conan. This is issue number eleven. Um, I'm really enjoying Savage Sword. I like that they're having you know shorter bursts in terms of creative teams coming in and out. This is by Roy Thomas and Alan Davis. This is a lot of fun. Um, Alan Davis's art on Conan just looks fantastic. It looks like he was always meant to kind of do something like this. I love his interpretation. Uh, Roy Thomas tells a, a great yarn. Um, you know, Conan, you know, trying to protect and save people, but also just you know, kind of trying to keep keep alive. And uh, yeah. It, it's a great story. I recommend reading it. It's a great two-parter by Jabroy Thomas. This was uh, most definitely an 8, maybe even an 8, 8.5. I think it might have been one of the strongest things I read this week. Uh, just something about the melding of his art, uh, Alan Davis's art, with Roy Thomas's kind of classic scripting. I really enjoyed it. It definitely makes me think more about going back and getting the kind of the old-school Conan stuff. Uh, just to be able to appreciate Roy Thomas's, you know, passion for the character. Uh, next up is Star Wars Target Vader, Part 5 of 6, The Past, written by Robbie Thompson, artwork by Chris Bolson, Roberto DeSalvo, and Marco Felia, uh, with color art by Rochelle Rosenberg. 
uh, with virtual calligraphist Joe Caramagna on letters and Nick Klein on cover. Um, this was more of an interesting kind of backstory for uh, Bellert. Um, you know, what, where he had been throughout his life, what kind of led him to kind of be more of a renegade here, um, which I thought was really interesting. His confrontation with Darth Vader, again, was also interesting. The idea that he's you know, also a cyborg, but what he's given for the Empire, um, I thought was really interesting. And uh, his kind of last words, which keep revenating here, was also really interesting. Um, so I'm really excited to see where we go with the last issue here with the, the Valance character. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm super into this. I, this was a, a more of a character study in this particular issue because of the focus on uh, balance or alert, whatever you want to call them. And uh, that really worked for me. I thought it worked better because it was a character study, because we were spending time with the character to understand more about him. Uh, next up is, and actually, did I say what I was giving that? I think I'm going to give that an eight. Uh, next up, we have, let's see, uh, Superman 17. Did not really care for this uh, it says time for the truth on the cover um, it's written by it's the truth prologue by Brian Michael Bendis and Kevin McGuire uh, Paul Mounts in colors and Dave Sharp on letters I do like Kevin McGuire I do like his style I think he did a great job with all the different character beats and uh, this is something about his ability to kind of capture emotions etc um, so I thought that was really interesting um, I just think the idea of him kind of deciding to maybe tell the truth uh, about who he is and where that's going to go I don't know if I buy it enough um, this issue was okay but it's really just meant to set up for that concept I liked some of the pieces I liked you know the idea of having you know the United Planets I liked um, the idea of having them visit Zod and his people I thought that was interesting too I'm going to give this a 7 it wasn't you know it was okay I'm not sure how I feel about where they're going but you know so far I'm enjoying this issue enough and last but not least we have X-Men number 2 um, this was pretty great, I thought. Uh, this is written by Jonathan Hickman. This is, again, the, the, the kind of the, the main book. Like, in some ways, would argue that X-Force maybe is more so. Uh, although this is a kind of a, a very interesting focus. It's very narrow on just Cyclops and these two kids, Rachel and Nathan. And Nathan hasn't had a lot of characterization, so it's interesting to kind of see how they've decided to kind of move in, in his direction. It's written by Jonathan Hickman, artwork by Lionel Francis Yu, uh, Jerry Allen Guillan on inks, and Sonny Go on colors, with virtual calligraphies, Clayton Cowles on letters, and Tom Muller on design again. Um, so here we have the other, the other uh, land mask, uh, the Kakoa, you know, there used to be two, and now they're coming towards one another, uh, and they have some weird, freaky an uh, island sex. And it's very strange, but it's a fun issue showing Cyclops interacting with his kids, trying to be a better dad. Um, also, the, the idea of Kokoa and what that means and what a Rocco is uh, was expanded upon as well, which is originally briefly mentioned in the House of X and Powers of Ten miniseries. Um, I really dug this. I thought it was a, a good book, and um, I'm nicely surprised by... Uh, the artwork by Lionel Francis Yu. I've always liked Lionel Francis Yu. I just wasn't sure, because of how Powers of X, sorry, Powers of Ten and House of X looked from a visual standpoint, I was curious about, you know, having such a tonal shift that it felt very different in terms of the art. But I'm, I'm enjoying what they put together, which is nice. Uh, that is everything that I have read from the week of the 13th of November. Uh, looking at the, let's see, going back and talking about the week of the 20th, 
books that I'll be talking about on a podcast in a couple of days. Uh, so these are books that came out four days ago. Um, some of the highlights include uh, Firefly number 11. I've got the Absolute New Frontier 15th Anniversary Edition hardcover for $100. Uh, new issues of Batman, Aquaman, uh, Batman Giant, uh, Batman Superman. You got the uh, the Batman, the 1989 movie adaptation hardcover deluxe edition. Uh, only 20 bucks, though. I'm actually surprised it was uh, not that expensive. Um, you have Deceased, the hardcover of the recently concluded series. You got Death of Superman, The Wake. I'm not even sure what that is. Uh, Dial Age for Hero, number nine. You got uh, Dollar Comics, uh, Luther, number one. I like that they're doing these Dollar Comics, which are basically the DC version of the Marvel True Believers program, which has been running for years. Uh, we got He-Man and the Masters of the Multiverse, number one. Justice League has a new issue. You got Metal Men. New Teen Titans Omnibus, uh, hardcover volume four. It was a resolicit. Uh, new issue of Nightwing. You got Question the Deaths of Vic Sage, a miniseries in the Black Label. Uh, issues number one of four. You got Supergirl, you got Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, you got the Superman hardcover volume two, the Unity Saga, the House of L, Titans Burning Rage, four of seven, 18 Titans, and Wonder Woman come back to me. Uh, over at uh, IDW, you also have Marvel Action, Black Panther number six, and Big Hero six, the series number one, as well as Disney Comics and Stories number eight, um, and Superman Silver Age Sunday's hardcover volume two, 1963 and 1966. Uh, over at uh, Image, you had Ice Cream Man 16, Marked number 2, Olympia number 1, and uh, you had uh, Pretty Violent number 4. And Weatherman Volume 2, number 5. And at Marvel Comics, you had 2099 Alpha number 1, you had the fifth and final issue of Absolute Carnage, you have the second issue of Amazing Mary Jane, a new issue of Amazing Spider Man, which is tying into the 2099 story, you have the Annihilation, the Scourge Alpha number 1, you have issues of Avengers, Captain America, Captain Marvel, Conan the Barbarian, um, did I get Conan? I hope I picked it up. Uh, I thought a Savage Sword came out this week. Am I just a crazy person? Who knows? I'm all these things. Um, Excalibur number two came out, Fantastic Four 2099 number one, Deadpool number one by Kelly Thompson. Uh, you had uh, King Thor number three of four, Loki number five, which I believe was then afterwards kind of announced to be the last issue. Power Man and Iron Fist trade paperback uh, epic collection called Doombringer. You got the Silver Surfer, Silver Surfer epic collection called When Calls Galactus. It's a new printing, though. It's not actually a new volume. Punisher trip paperback volume three, street by street, block by block. Star Wars 75. Uh, and you got Strike Force number three and Tony Stark Iron Man number 18. So I'll be talking about some of those on our next reviews episode. Otherwise, that will be our episode. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again for listening to the Comic Shenanigans podcast, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.